Happiness is not in the mere possession of money. It lies in the joy of achievement and the thrill of creative effort. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Welcome back. And if you're new here, welcome to another episode of the Escape Velocity Podcast, a podcast where we explore the mindset, behaviors, habits, and attributes that contribute to authentic <coughs> happiness, peak performance, flow states, and meaningful, lasting personal development. I'm Topaz, your host and the lead mental fitness coach at Escape Velocity Academy, purpose-driven personal development, where we believe that escape velocity is fueled within. That's intrinsic motivation, intelligence and lifelong learning, interpersonal relationships, investment, investing in yourself so you can invest in others, and inspiration, both inspiring others and breath work for grounding, presence, and emotional regulation. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing financial transition from service member to civilian with a fellow Army combat veteran, former 7th group guy, Army veteran turned the American Dream CEO, Mr. Marcus Anderson. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? How's everyone doing? What's going blessing on, man? How are you? Have a blessing to be here, man. He's Thank always he's always so happy. You guys can't see the video, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir. So as we dive into today's episode, guys, we're going we're going to talk about um, really one of the pillars that that I love because I'm always learning about it: investment, right? So we capture it as investing in yourself so you can invest in others, but of course, it's also financial literacy and how money works in America. So that's why um, I have Marcus here to really break it down, some of his lessons learned, and some great advice and things that we can do after our transition or leading into our early stage of our transition, how we can set ourselves up for success. But before we go there, why don't you give us a short recap of your military service? Oh, man. So, uh, well, thank you for the uh, the floor here, man. It's an honor to actually be on the podcast with you, brother. Uh, you know, definitely an honor to actually be able to actually speak on the platform, to be able to reach out to other vets. Uh, so, of course, uh, my background, my name first is Marcus Anderson. I actually <laughs> served in the military uh, 13 years, you know, uh, active duty service. I've been all over the world. You know, of course, fought both America's most recent wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, um, you know, it's just, just kind of, you know, Served in seven group, my you know for for ten years. Um, definitely enjoyed it. You know, uh, you know, been through some some rough times, some good times. You know, uh, highs and lows. Uh, but overall, it was a it was a great military experience. Uh, it was definitely a blessing to actually meet the individuals that I met throughout my career. Uh, just over the entirety uh, entirety of of, of my uh, tenure. Um, it was, I mean, I have nothing but great things to say about it. So uh, it's, it's just been a blessing, man. Honestly, man, uh, just the things that I've done, uh, right. you know, individuals I've met, um, you know, of course, you know, uh, you know, being able to actually relate to so many other veterans, you know, uh, coming out of service, transitioning, dealing with PTSD, you know, and, able, and now I'm able to actually be able to help others, you know, um, just with my current platform. And the way I actually do that is through uh, financial services, of course. Yes. So um, let me go back a second. You said 13 years. Uh, when did you transition out of service? Uh, so I actually transitioned out of service October 27th. I was actually medically retired. Um, kind of funny story. Transitioned during a pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which was very scary. Um, I was like, man, like, I don't know what's going on because I was originally supposed to be out the Army uh, in May. Uh, but of course, the pandemic actually uh, you know, pushed everything to the right. 
Um, and uh, so as I was actually transitioning, you know, I was I was in the unknown for quite some time um, and trying to figure things out. I'm like, man, like, when am I going to get out? Like, there's no way I can literally like, you know, kind of set some things up like I want to because right. I didn't have a date, you know. So so I just didn't know, man. Um, and, uh, you know, crazy story. I ended up actually finding out, finding out that um, I had actually transitioned uh, by a phone call from my first son. It was like, hey, um, yeah, we've been actually looking for your paperwork. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it was actually on someone's desk uh, that had died. I don't know if they died from COVID or whatever. Uh, but this guy at the transition center that actually had my paperwork uh, to actually, uh, you know, of course, retire. And uh, by time they actually uh, got the paperwork, uh, yes. it was like, oh, shit, uh, we got to get this guy out. And it was like, boom. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone covered their own tail just by pushing me out the door. But that was not good for me. Yeah, right? let, me yeah, let me ask you that right there, too, because that's a good question. So you said uh, you were intended for May, but then you got pushed to October. Yes, so that's, that's about five months. Right. Yes, so with that expected May date, did you already have a job lined up? Um, were you set up to start working right away? And how did that impact um, things once you got pushed? Well, actually, I was just uh, blessed and fortunate to actually already uh, be a part of uh, this organization, PHP, People Helping People. Um, so I was already actually a part of the organization maybe two years before I even transitioned. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I didn't really have a job sign, lined up per se, uh, but I already had my business. And we know entrepreneurship, you know, of course, you know, you got your highs, your lows, right? You know, your happy mediums. Now, if you got some, you know, things rolling and, you know, everything is good, you know, but at that time, because I was actually doing the business part time. So it, it wasn't a good feeling, you know, uh, right, to right. be comfortable um, actually transitioning out of the military with just this source of income. Um, and um, so, um, no, I didn't I did not have an actual job lined up, but I was actually looking for something part time. Right. I was like, hey, maybe if I just do some part because I had no dreams of going to work for the government. Yeah, like, and so that was going to be my next question, right? You you were working with people to people, people helping people, sorry, and we're talking about um, the entrepreneurship path. But what I wanted to ask was, were you looking in the same career field that you served in in the military? Your your military occupational specialty. Were you were you looking in that same career field? Not at all, my brother. <laughs> Not at all, man. Like, man, I has. I'm gonna be blankly honest with you guys, right? So, like. Um, I, I think it was it was probably Korea did it for me, right? Um, so of course, uh, you know, I mean, you and I both serve in special operations, right? So you know how relaxed and kind of chill, and you know, of course, you get a lot of action, but you know, you're really not army, army, right? Yeah, so, right. so once I actually transitioned and uh, went to Korea, first of all, they were like, "Hey, um, you don't have any overseas tours. We got to send you to Korea." Man, I've been deployed seven times. Are you serious? Like, you right. want to send me back overseas? Uh, you know, so so I ended up going over there. Uh, Korea is a beautiful place, but the army over there is, it wasn't fun, right? It wasn't fun at all. And, you know, this is a guy who kind of been lenient for the majority of his career and then the transition to something that's extremely structured like Korea and to go to having um, a curfew at 12 o'clock. Like, man, I'm 30, 32 years old at a time and I got a curfew. Like I got a problem with that. Like I've yeah. never had rules in my in my entire career, 
but now I got a curfew, right? And then I'm in the barracks with all these little young guys, and they're just constantly, you know how the barracks got, I mean, always doing some crazy, crazy stuff, drinking and, you know, partying all in the barracks. Like, I'm in my 30s, man. I did all that in my 20s, you know? So, like, yeah. I was at the point where I'm like, man, hey, y'all, y'all young guys, y'all need to calm down, man. Like, what is going on? This is crazy, you know? So, so it was almost like going back to the past for me. Yeah, so you made and, that de- that decision. Yeah, I will, that was a part of the decision. Yeah, so let me let me ask you this. Wait, you, you didn't mention what, what MOS I was. Okay, so my, my original MOS was 91 Bravo. Okay, that's right. But we, we mentioned that last time when we met. So just so the audience knows, because I want to ask you a question. So yes, you 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 had already made that decision that you knew you were not. By the way, that's medical uh, medical for you guys out there. That, that, no, that was, that was actually, that's actually. Oh, wait, that's right. I'm old. See, that's I just showed my age. I won Bravo back in 1995. <laughs> back in 1995, yeah, when I joined yeah. the army, I joined yeah. as a 91 Bravo. Which is, uh, it just shows my age. You are correct. I'm sorry. <laughs> with that being said, my question doesn't change. How, once you recognize that, that you didn't want to do that job in the future, how did you begin to prepare yourself and how did you identify what you wanted to do? Because I think that's really important for our listeners because mm-hmm. a lot of them are in that same position mm-hmm. where they're in that position where they say, well, this is what I know how to do. This is what I've done for so long. Uh, this is where I'm, I'm comfortable. I know this community. How did you make the decision? I, I'm, or when did you start the education process and when did you say, or how did you come to this is what I want to do? Well, um, being uh, 91 Bravo in the uh, special operation world, you and I both know you're rarely doing that job, right? I was doing more combat, uh, <laughs> you know, more, more combat than actually, you know, uh, turning wrenches in a motor. Right. So all of my skills, everything on my ERB is all like combat courses, this and that. Um, And uh, so um, and then the equipment that we actually had, we had civilians actually work on that equipment. Okay. So so um, so the the equipment that we did operate on was like really like stuff you're only going to see in the special operation world. You'll never see it. You know, civilian side of the house, you know. Um, So so I just I just knew for a fact that, um, you know, I. I didn't want to do that. I just and I didn't want to work for the government. You know, um, I ended up actually uh, reason why I got a bad taste in my mouth about the government. Like me and so many other military guys, actually got into uh, got got a divorce while I was actually serving. And uh, the way they treated me, man, I was like, there is no way I can work for the government ever again right, after that. Right. Man. Uh, so um, so I find myself in a position where okay. Okay, well, what's next, right? What's next? And um, I actually originally started a private security business because that's what I was I was doing, right? I was comfortable, you know. It's something I've done for many years. It's like you know, doing security, you know, going to different you know areas of operation throughout the world, you know, doing, right. you know security style stuff. So you know, with my you know, tactics that I've learned throughout my career, um, I said, hey, I'm coming to D.C. and I'm going to start my own security business, right? All right, so now. I started a security business with no business experience, right? So, yeah, so yeah. like so many other entrepreneurs, we get this idea and it's like, boom, we're going to do this because we got some experience. We forget about the business side of the house, right? So, uh, so like, you know, getting contracts and stuff like that. Um, I was actually getting them because of my background, you know, all these different skills that I had, you know, uh, attained throughout the military. Um, but, there was an issue when I got to, you know, getting an actual contract in D.C., right? So everything in D.C. is federal. I can have a weapon in Maryland. 
right. have one in Virginia. Right. Everything in D.C. is federal. And then also having, you know, PTSD on your record, getting a weapon in D.C. is probably going to be a really long process. Okay. You know, so, so that actually caused me uh, to lose contracts uh, as well as I had to pay breach of contract fees, you know. So I was like super broke. Like really broke, bro. Right? <laughs> right. You know, funny story. Like so many other military guys, I was actually still serving the military at the time. Okay. Because uh, I was actually planning on transitioning. Right. You were making your preparation. You're yep. preparing yes, preparing the transition. Yep. I, uh-huh. Yes, sir. One hundred percent. Right. So, uh, so that didn't really work out for me like I thought. Uh, so, like so many other military guys, I, I actually started driving Uber. <laughs> so I drove Uber, man, uh, for about. Two weeks, man. One of my buddies approached me. He's like, "Hey, man, I drove Uber on the weekend and made two thousand dollars." I was like, "Man, you drove Uber and made two grand, man!" I immediately downloaded Uber on my phone. I went down to DC, brother. I, I drove Uber for about two weeks, man. Yeah. There's no way possible that guy made two thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes, right? We have to make, and, and you know this as well Sorry. as I do. That you have to, you know, make these sacrifices at points to continue what, what we talk about upward trajectory, right? So as long yes, as sir. we're not, if we're not standing still, we're creating chaos because there's op- there's opportunity in chaos. But I want to go back to two things that you said um, because yeah. it really hit on what 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 I like to talk about is you said you were comfortable and it was what you already knew. Right. So there are those two big things that two of the big things that we look at for people pursuing, pursuing careers. Right. As they transition out, um, they can be good and they can be the golden handcuffs. Right. So I t- one of those things is, is is beware the golden handcuffs, because yes, when we talk about um, being a business person, a businessman or businesswoman or an entrepreneur, the bottom line, as you stated so well, is you are a businessman. Right. Yeah. So if, it doesn't matter if you are a yoga instructor, let's use that just for a random example. You are a business person. You have to do accounting. You have to do marketing. You have to do legal. You have to do finance, right? And then, oh, you can spend 10% of your time being a yoga instructor, right? <laughs> so we say beware the golden handcuffs because to think you're going to go out and do X all day, you're a business person first, right? So we still need to um, be educated on what it takes to run that business, to sustain that business, to operate. So I love that you captured that uh, in in your your journey. So let's let's shift gears a little bit because I, I you know we keep our podcast short so you can have them with a cup of coffee or or on your way to work or whatever the case is. I want to talk about uh, a little bit about financial literacy and how money works in America because I know this is your this is your bread and butter, right? And when people hear you speak about these things, they get inspired to change their spending habits or maybe to invest or maybe to pull up a website. So. I want to give you the opportunity to uh, educate or inform the listeners a little bit about these things that we don't learn in school. And that especially as minorities, minority males, we don't really talk about this in the open or as often as we should. So I want to turn the floor over to you for a little bit to talk about to talk about that. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, actually. Uh, So so there are two things, actually, um, that I actually help veterans with. One, of course, is financial literacy. And two is opportunity, right? Because, you know, we, we're getting out, we're transitioning, you know, we're, we're, we're comfortable doing what we've already been doing. But yes, what, if we're kind of, what if we're burnt out of doing that in the military? Then you're, then you're not happy once you transition and PTSD sets in, you know. So, of course, uh, that inspired me to actually go a different route. Now, of course, I'm with a company called PHP people helping people. And basically what we do is we market financial products 
on behalf of companies like Elyon's, AIG, Lincoln Financial, National Life Group, uh, many of the top Fortune 500 companies. Um, and see, what's going on right now in this industry, actually, is this industry is currently shrinking. Now, why is it shrinking, you ask? This is a $76 trillion year industry. Why is it shrinking? Well, the reason why the industry is shrinking is because the average age in the financial services is a 61-year-old Caucasian male. Now, it's nothing wrong being 61, nothing wrong being a white male, but there's a challenge. They got one for them, one for the other, about to retire. And on top of that, there's a shrinking majority in the country. The rising uh, minorities in the country is multicultural America. You know, so right. these companies they're 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 struggling to attract you know Gen Zs, Gen Xers, Millennials, minorities. Right, uh, we're all being left behind when it comes to money and finances. So as an organization, we actually allow these companies access to communities and, and demographics that the average agent will never have access to. Right, um, so. That's kind of, you know, our organization. Right. But as far as teaching financial literacy, you know, we go over, you know, the latest and greatest concepts when it comes to financial literacy. You know, the three ways money grows, you know, fixed, variable, index, right? Right. We always hear about fixed and variable, but no one has ever taught us about index, right? Why is that? Well, that's the reason. The average age is 61-year-old. Caucasian male. So he doesn't have access to our different communities, you know? So what we do as an organization, we actually just, we're, we're able to actually educate individuals from all walks of life. It doesn't matter who you are, what color you are, how old you are or anything, you know? Uh, We teach them uh, three ways money grows, five homes of money. You know, what's the best place to actually put your money, right? You know, what's the best platform for you to actually utilize? What's the best company? What company works for someone else? may not work for you, right? So we're with the FMO, so we're able to actually utilize what's best for the client, you know, what's best for that person in this situation. You know? gotcha. It doesn't matter, you know, pre-existing conditions, so on and so forth. So we're actually educating individuals how to actually properly use financial literacy, um, properly use insurance as a way to, you know, you can actually utilize insurance to buy a home, you can utilize an insurance policy to start a business, right? You can utilize an insurance policy to actually accumulate tax-free, tax-free income, as well as supplement your income, and at the same time while covering your family and covering yourself in the case of you know getting hurt, sick, car accident, COVID nineteen, cancer, heart attack, stroke, all of those things, right? So there's so many new things out there. Um, that uh, that's available to us, but we just don't know, right? So, right. Uh, so we actually utilize our organization now. Every there's no one size fits all, you know, product or any uh, particular situation. So we don't really want to get into product. So there's no one size fits all. What works for one person may not work for the other. Right. So, yeah. Personality so does not scale. Right. That's correct. One hundred percent. So let me ask you something. How does how does someone <laughs> get in touch with you, and how do they utilize your expertise if they're looking to make uh, change. Oh man. Uh, follow me on Instagram, you know, American dream CEO, uh, on Instagram, uh, of course, um, they can always connect with me LinkedIn uh, on LinkedIn. Of course, uh, Marcus Anderson, right. I'm pretty sure there's a ton of Marcus Anderson's on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm sure there are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you'll see a, a guy with a fresh sharp suit. Right. Um, so, uh, Marcus and Marcus LaRue Anderson Jr. You'll, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Uh, but the best place to reach me at is definitely Instagram. Instagram. 90% of uh, uh, my business has actually been built off of Instagram. I'm just uh, blessed and fortunate to actually be able to leverage a platform like that. Yep. And I show other veterans as well. You know, This is the number one industry 
uh, to be able to actually make you a millionaire, you know? So why don't we have veterans in this industry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, my, no, I was going to say, I'm sorry, man. My, my philosophy is, hey, man, we fought for the American dream. How do we live the American dream, right? So that's what we're I'm, I'm all about teaching uh, and educating my community, the veteran community, on becoming and actually uh, being able to actually attain the American dream. You know, we're, we're taught to actually go work for someone. No one is really teaching us how to actually work for ourselves. And yeah. I got an issue. No, I, yeah, no, I agree. I, I talk to people about the very same thing. Uh, w- really, what is a critical piece of advice then that you would give to someone? So, so, so my population is really people that are that are three months to five years post service, right? The, the 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 community does a great job of providing resources for people as they transition out. But once you take that first job and you transition out, you're on your own. So if you realize three, three months in that you don't like that job, there's a little bit less of a support <clears throat> network. So that's what we kind of focus on. We try to provide uh, services and outreach and build our community there. What is a piece of advice that you would give to someone as they're, you know, when they're really walking out the door as opposed to two years prior, the way the uh, transition assistance program was was designed? Oh, uh, well, um, I would say definitely do your homework, you know, figure out what you like. Um, if you know that you're actually transitioning out of the military, kind of, you know, start to, you know, get involved with, you know, different organizations, you know, uh, as well as uh, different, uh, you know, if, if just figure out what you like. You know, if I like, you know, basket weaving, I'm going to go to a couple, you know, events, you know, about basket weaving, right? I'm going to go network. I'm going to go meet some right. people, you know, because whenever we're transitioning, life is about, you know, your, your network is your network work. Yes, sir. Right. That's so right. If you're meeting the right people, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to always find yourself in the right situation. Yeah. Right? Let, yeah. Let me follow up on turn. that. What's your number one networking strategy? Number one networking strategy is going to networking events. 100%. Right. What do you do? I mean, I mean, within there. So we get yeah. there, we're through the door and we're in now. What is your okay. number one? Uh, you don't have to give us any secrets. <laughs> you don't have to give us secrets. But what is it? What What would you recommend as a? Because some people, right? Some people, um, they're used to walking in the same circle, right? If you serve for twenty years, fifteen years, thirteen years, you're used to being with the same folks, the same personality types, and, and you want to gravitate towards those people. But if you're at a networking event, right? I've just stepped out of being X in the military. Now I'm trying to be Y as a civilian. I walk into this networking event. What is my strategy? to walk away with some prospects, right? How do I, how do I make a successful event? Okay. Well, well, of course, uh, just actually talking to people, you know, uh, you know, being open to actually having a conversation. Hey, what do you do? You know, what do you do for a living? You know, I'm looking to transition out of the military, kind of, you know, kind of don't know what I want to do, you know, so I'm, I'm out just meeting people, you know, kind of get the background of, you know, what are, what are these individuals doing? You know, uh, uh, the best thing, before we transition, I should have mentioned this earlier. The best thing for us to do is to start reading books. Yes. Right? I can tell. Oh, my goodness. If I, the knowledge that I have right now from reading books, man, if I would have known this so many years ago in the military. Oh, my goodness, man. I probably been a, a four star general right now, man. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah, so. Absolutely. I agree with you 100 percent, which is why, um, as I stated earlier in the opening, you know, one of our pillars at Escape Velocity Academy is intelligence and lifelong lear- learning. Um, we believe in, uh, you know, uh, just reading, 
as often as you can, right? So we try to do uh, 20 minutes a day at a minimum. That gets you started. That'll get you flying up to an hour in, in no time. So yes, definitely reading. All right, let me before we wrap up, I have one one last thing for you. I call this my I call this my rapid fire round, and then I'll throw I'll okay. throw it to you and let you make your All closing right. comments. Uh, favorite MRE? Oh, beef stew number nine. <laughs> I know it. I know you, it. You can have that all day. All day. With the hot sauce, man. You got to put the hot sauce you on. You can have that. C- <laughs> C-130 or C-17? Oh, C-130, man. C-17, I'm a big guy, man. So when I, when I come out of C-17, man, I, you can talk about lawn dart, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm like a meteor flying down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. Uh, jungle or desert? Oh, man. I'll definitely take the desert over the jungle. Yeah. And last one, last one, five mile run or 15 mile ruck? I'll take the ruck all day. (laughs) I I like running, but the ruck is different. You know, it's like, of course, I'm burning more calories and, you know, I'm able to actually kind of zone in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's it for the rapid fire. I just want to get, you know, helps get a little bit in the personality. And then it gets our our veterans thinking about, oh man, how would I answer those questions? Right. (laughs) Kind of brings, brings them back a little memories. I like that. A little bit of their memories and their times, because that's what we do. We're building community, guys. So uh, I'm going to throw to Marcus for his final words, and then I will wrap us up. So go ahead. What you got? Oh, man, my final words, man, is uh, I would say that the the main book for us to read for transitioning veterans is a book by Robert Kiyosaki, Military to Entrepreneurs, right? See, a lot of people don't know Robert Kiyosaki. He's actually one of our one of the most profound businessmen of our time. He's actually he actually served as a uh, Marine uh, fighter pilot. A lot of successful business individuals uh, in the in the civilian world, majority of them have uh, military experience, right? So it's best to definitely read books on guys like that. That's one of the main books. But I would definitely tell you, um, in, in in order to actually increase your income, you want to increase your increase your identity, right? And you increase your identity by the books you read, the meetings you attend, and the people that you hang around. Find an organization to where you're not going to only just make money. It's bigger than making money, man. It's, uh, to, to me, it's about growing those connections, uh, growing your network, um, growing your environment, right? Always remember those who serve the most earn the most, right? You served, you've done your time, especially if you're a combat veteran, you've actually, there's time to taken away from you that you can never get back, right? So I would definitely recommend going out there, living your American dream because you fought for the Thank you. Thank you. That's a great way. That's a great way to close out, guys. Look, organization, right? Community. We talk about that here. Community, community, community. That's what we're building at Escape Velocity, uh, Escape Velocity Academy. Follow us, guys, on LinkedIn. Follow us on Facebook. Follow our Instagram page at Escape Velocity 11.186. Also, I love the way Marcus hit on is bigger than making money, right? It's eulogy virtues over resume virtues. I love to say that to people. I love to let people realize that we want to provide a continue to live a life of service that people are going to want to talk about us and carry on our legacy after we're gone. So that's it for today, guys. Um, Until next time, remember, guys, Escape Velocity is fueled within. Follow us. uh, Check out the website at escapevelocityacademy.com or leave me an email Topaz at escapevelocityacademy.com. Until next time, guys, peace.